Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So today is episode 184, and today is a client interview. I know we haven't done one of this this type or this style for quite a while. It was one of those that kind of came in on the Q&A a little while ago. So we've been kind of reaching out to uh, a few clients that we think that have an incredible story to tell. And today is one of Dallas's uh, clients. So Dallas is one of the coaches that works for SWF. And today's episode is with Sarah Jane and Sarah Jane has had an incredible story and I'm going to let Sarah Jane do the talking for majority of this. Um, so Sarah Jane's been with SWF since I think January and we're working very closely with Dallas on mindset stuff, working around food, managing stress, apprehension uh, and a lot of different things. And we were talking off air myself and Sarah Jane. There was a lot, of, a lot of massive wins in there and it was like epiphany moments at weird times and um it would it, it's incredible to see so sarah jane thank you so much for coming on no problem at all how are you holding up i'm good good how are you <laughs> i am very good um so i'm gonna let you talk us through your background your dieting history and why you came to swf for coaching so i was always an overweight person i was only talking to a person at work about this i was born fat, a little chubby baby i was a chubby child i was an overweight teenager and a morbidly obese young adult and i got myself up to 18 stone six at my biggest and i just had a horrific relationship with food i just ate what i wanted i never ate any vegetables I used to eat veg once a week on a Sunday, very, very Irish. Um, I had takeaways maybe four times a week. I would buy my lunch out and work like four or five times a week. I'd bring like leftover takeaways for breakfast now. I just had no idea how to eat healthy in the slightest. Um, and the only way I kind of heard of people losing weight and having success stories was going to Slimming World. So I decided that I would give that a go. I realized that I needed to lose weight. When I was in work, it was Christmas time and I worked in a pretty active job. And it was absolutely killing me that Christmas. Every single day, my feet were burning me. I couldn't stand properly. I'd have to spend my days off in bed because I was that big that I couldn't cope and my body wasn't coping. So I decided that I had to do something before I ate myself to a heart attack or something. There's already heart problems in my family and stuff, so I knew I had to do something. So in the February, actually, even after Christmas, I didn't join straight away because there was so much Christmas chocolate in the house that I was like, I will fail. So I need to eat all this chocolate, get all the Christmas stuff out, and then I joined Simo World in the February. February 4th, I joined. I was like, the 4th of the month, it'll be great. And... For the first couple of months, it was great. The weight came off really, really easy. Obviously, because I was so big and I was gone from eating no veg, no home-cooked meals, no nothing to making all my foods. And it really, really worked for me for the first while. Like, I think I lost three stone within six months with Simrut. Like, it fell off so, so easy. And I was very, very looking back very restricted though like I cut out everything that I was eating because I wanted to be on plan I literally I promised myself that I was gonna give it my all I wasn't gonna mess around I was going to give 
at least a year of it to see if I could see if I could lose weight because I never thought I could lose weight. I just thought I'd give it a go. I'm getting real nervous now. <laughs> no, you're fine. And you mentioned there about kind of the the sentence, the, the three words that struck me. What you said there was, "I will fail." Yeah. How how have you kind of brought yourself around to actually believing in yourself in that side of things? I think the fact that I've kept off the weight, even like when I gave up on some world and all, I was still able to. Oh no, sorry. Oh, sorry. I feel like I'm getting all rambly and stuff. You're fine. Keep going. Give it back. Sorry. I just, I had to start believing in myself. I, I just couldn't keep going the way I was. And the fact that the weight came off so easy in some world, I was like, oh, this is easy. I can do this. Like, but like so many people with some world, it worked until it didn't. Um, I, sorry, I just feel like I'm all over the place. <laughs> Keep rambling. Like, honestly, just keep whatever's in your head, just get it out of your head. Honestly, okay. it's the easiest way to do it. I'm not editing this, by the way. You're not editing it? Nope. Oh, great. Um, so, I was losing weight with SimWorld until I wasn't, like so many other people. Like, I, before I had started losing weight, obviously, you don't have a great relationship with food if you're getting yourself to 18 and a half stone. But before Simon World, I just consistently overeat. I didn't think good food, bad food. I didn't think, oh, I can't have this. This is a good food. This is a bad food. But then all of a sudden I had all these rules with Simon World and stuff, which was weird for the first time ever. Like when I gave it my all for the first couple of months, it was fine. But then all of a sudden I couldn't have a day where I was going out for a meal or something without going completely over the edge. It was on plan or off man. I couldn't be half or half, which was awful, which led me to believe binging like, like so many other people on SimWorld. Like, because you're so restricted during the week, you end up going crazy. Like literally, I could do, I remember the longest I did on plan was six weeks in a row, sticking to your sins, sticking to everything. And like, I barely lost weight at this stage because I was so far in. And then I went on holidays, I remember. And I gained like eight pounds in the holiday, within like a five day holiday. I know it's all, not all, but it was all water weight and things like that now. But I say at least five of it was fat because I was so restricted before I came. Um. But after that holiday, I kind of decided that I'd lost some weight. My shape wasn't the way I wanted it to be. So I decided to join a gym, a small little local gym. It was only like a little hotel gym. It was tiny and it was the best thing I ever did. So obviously I looked up like gym people in Ireland and all. As you do, you're going to look up on Instagram and be like, Oh, who to follow and all. And one of the first people I found was Brian Keane. So what what person to find straight away? Like yep. so I started listening to his podcast and stuff. 
I found like people like Rhiannon Nutrition, Natasha Ocean, like really, really good people. I got very lucky that I didn't find people that were going to say, oh, you have to cut everything out to lose weight or you have to do this. Um, and the same words kept on coming up on everyone's pages, all the diets now, calorie deficit. Everyone kept on saying calorie deficit, calorie deficit. But it doesn't matter how you lose weight, like whether it's Simro, whether it's Weight Watchers, whether it's Cumi Slim, to lose weight, you have to be in a calorie deficit. And I realized that the reason that I was gaining and losing the, the same stone in Simro's is because I wasn't in a deficit. I was eating, like I gained and lost the same stone for a year in Simro's, even though I was following the plan, even though I'd stuck to it. I couldn't, I couldn't keep that sound off, like because I restrict for so long, and then I go crazy, and then I gain all this weight back, and I realized I wasn't in a consistent deficit, and then I decided to last March it was, and I was like, I don't think this is working for me anymore. I realized that I just couldn't keep doing it. I couldn't keep trying to be on plan. For weeks and weeks on end and then going crazy for a week and gaining the same amount of weight back because I wasn't losing the weight because I was gaining so big and um, so last March I was like I'm going to try calorie count which was not great timing because that's when we all went into a lockdown yeah it was not good timing but I remember I like text me consultant and all and I was like I can't do this anymore I'm going to try to track my calories and um, but even then, I like looked up every calculator. I looked up all the TDE, the GameSmith calculator, you name it, I looked it up and I couldn't find my proper sweet spot. And even during the first lockdown, I gained 10 pounds within the first three, oh, in the three months of lockdown. And I still knew that I couldn't go back to Simrut. I still knew calorie count was going to be the way forward for me. I just couldn't figure it out by myself. I was doing things like I was eating back all my exercise calories because I thought you could do that yeah and like I was working out to the max during the first lockdown I was one of those people like that proves that you cannot work out a bad diet I did couch to 5k the first lockdown and I did every run twice in the one week so I was running six days a week and I was doing five workouts as well because I thought that's what I had to do to lose weight in the lockdown and I knew. what have you what have you noticed about yourself since you moved away from that approach that are kind of like not exercise you can't exercise out of bad diet and that actually it is important to kind of bring in some sort of rest and recovery in yeah i like ran myself into an actual hole like but because i was away from the sim world then i was like oh god i have to do something i knew i wasn't as active in the lockdown is in like my life would be very my job would be very active so I knew I kind of had to do something to up it like bro I just went so so far with it like but now I realize if I don't rest your body can't recover like and I was I was so hungry because I was working myself out so much so I was overeating constantly over but because of that similar role mentality of weight loss like the scale is the only measure of losing like losing weight like it was the only progress that you had was the scales 
I was so desperate that I was like, I have to do all this or I won't lose weight because I'm sitting at home all day. And I think the in relation to, you mentioned the language that mm-hmm. certain clubs use and stuff and sins was the one that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of move yourself away from that language? Like I know I'm kind of conscious of like, Slimming clubs are amazing for some people and they work for some people that don't work for an awful lot of people. So I don't want to be seeing this as me taking a day completely at slimming clubs. They will work for some, they won't work for others. It's the same thing with like counting calories and not counting calories. Some clients don't count calories. Some clients just use food and mood journals. Some clients, it's very different approaches. But for yourself, how was the word sins harmful to where your headspace was at? I didn't think so at the time. I thought, oh, it's only a sin. Like, it stands for synergy. It doesn't even stand for a sin. Or, like, free food. Of course, you can eat all the free food in the world. Like, it's free. Why couldn't you do that? Oh, looking back, it's not till you step away from that that you realise how bad them words are free. Even free foods. No food is free. I ate constantly. I would eat hundreds of calories of free food, like, in fruit and stuff. Because I thought it was okay. Because I was told it was okay because there is no education. like, And it just made me feel so guilty when you know something is over your sins. And they say that if you go over your sins, that's how you gain weight. Even though one sin is like 20 calories. So like if you're going over by one sin, you're only going over by 20 calories. But in Simon Clubs, that's demonized. Like, it really... All the wording and all, like sins, people do bites, people do points. It's absolutely awful for you. Even if you don't think it affects you, when you step away from that, you realise how bad it is. That like food can't be good or bad. It's literally just food. So when I stepped away from Slimming World and decided to calorie count, I was like, I need to stop saying this. I need to stop saying on plan, off plan. I need to stop saying good food, bad food. I need to stop seeing food as bad. And now I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it for nearly a year. I, every time I was eating something, I was like, oh, that's bad. That's not good for you and all. But I just told myself it constantly because I knew one day it would click in my head that there is no good food, bad food. How can it be good? How can it be bad? It's only a bit of food. Like, yes, you can overeat, but it's still a food at the end of the day. One bar of chocolate isn't going to make you gain weight. Same as one bag of lettuce isn't going to make you skinny. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. You spoke about me with me off air about the whole element of the epiphany moment for yourself mm-hmm. in relation to when you realise that there are no good or bad foods. Mm-hmm. And can you talk us about that little epiphany that you had? Or big epiphany, should we say? It was pretty big. I was literally mid-workout. And there's a big anti-diet club movement. I don't know if you've seen it on TikTok. Yeah. It's huge. And I'd watch the videos now, but what I always did in them videos was I always went in the comments. So you'd be seeing people in the comments and they'd be like, well, one plan works for one, one works for the other. And I'm like, okay, but you're really downplaying what people are going through because for every one comment like that, there could be hundreds of people being like, well, I now have an eating disorder. I am terrified to eat chocolate. I'm terrified to eat food now. And it just it made me sick. And I remember I'd seen loads of videos like that the night before. And like obviously with you as in like the logbook and all you talk about feel guilt and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And like I had felt guilty the week before I had drinks with friends. And I had all my drink worked into all my plan and all. And then drunk Sarah went and ate some chocolate and ate some biscuits and all. And I felt guilty over And I was like, Jesus Christ, that's awful. And I was working out. And I realized, I was literally in the middle. I was doing something on the floor, I remember. I was like, why am I feeling guilty over things like that? It's literally just food. Like, what food can't make, can't hurt you? Like, it was ridiculous. Like, um. And like, I just, I put in the work for so long by myself to try step away from the good food, bad food and talking through it with Dallas constantly. He was like, so what if you ate Biscoff like when you were drunk? He was like, I'm not going to take it away from you this week. Because I remember that week he was like, we're going to drop one processed foods in the middle of the day. Like, so I wasn't having like crisps for me snack. We were like, we'll try to have fruit or something. I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to be in trouble. I won't be able to have this now. Well, sure, how could I be in trouble? It's only like a bit of food, like. Yeah. And I, I remember. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead to keep talking, on. I was literally. It was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders when I realized that I can't be guilty of like one food. Like, no food can make you feel guilty. Yes, you can overeat on foods. Yes, you might not always feel great after eating it. Well, why should you feel guilty over that? Because that's life. Like you are going to overeat sometimes. We all can't be perfect and stick to your destiny constantly, and you're not always going to stop when you're full. But there's no guilt about that. That's just life. Like, and you're not going to be able to stick to just having like fruit and veg and your low calorie snacks and all. Like, if you were out and all, so what is the point of feeling guilty about that? Because that's no life then. It's no life if you're just like, oh, I can only bring my own food everywhere or I can't go to a party because I can't eat that food. I can't go on a night out because I'll go over my calories. It's no life at all. And the fact that now I can step away from that and just enjoy myself. Like all this week now, I've had dinner out at my nanny's house and my nanny's a real Irish nanny, so it's all the food is full of butter. It has to be done. And then I've had meals out. I've had drinks. I don't feel guilty in the slightest. In the slightest. And like to be honest, I'm probably even over my maintenance calories this week. I'm probably in a surplus. And I we probably won't tell will. Dallas, it's fine. <laughs> You'll find out on Sunday anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still not feeling guilty over it, which I still sometimes I can't believe that I don't feel guilty over things like that. I'm like, I have to live my life and you can't live your life. It's not a lifestyle change if you have to cut out everything. You can call it a lifestyle change, but if you don't have the freedom to go with your friends, if you don't have the freedom to have a meal and not feel guilty, it's not a life. It's not a life. I think there's so many little sound bites in that episode and I can hear clients that I have and clients that Dallas has, clients that Jane has, people who are like non-clients listen to this and they'll be like, I know someone will have some what something what you've just said will struck a strike a chord with one of them, and that's why I love doing these client interviews because it gives it a it shows that it's possible. Yeah, um, and it's all well and good me and Dallas talking about on ranting on a podcast or Jane ranting on a podcast, mm-hmm. but when it's actually human element to it, it kind of creates a difference. Mm-hmm. It creates more substance to it, and it, it brings. Mm-hmm. 
an attachment to someone but actually puts a story because if you look at a movie it's a story and people buy yeah. in and get emotion behind that and that's what we yeah. want to try and do mm-hmm. you talk about food and the good or bad foods and one of the big things for yourself was trying new foods yeah. and i know this is something that you worked really hard with with, with dallas mm-hmm. uh, regarding the apprehension towards eating new foods can mm-hmm. you kind of talk about what apprehensions you had what types of food they were and how you what tools and stuff you use to kind of overcome some of it mm-hmm. So I've always been a fussy eater since I was tiny. I was like spoiled rotten and if I didn't want to eat it, that was it. I wasn't eating. So I had in my head that I liked like literally no food. Like I used to just eat like my, the only veg that I ate was potatoes, carrots and cabbage. So Irish like, but I would like refuse to try any of the food. I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, I remember I had a conversation with Dallas when we first started out. And we were talking about, like, our favourite fruit and all. And he was like, oh, I love grapes. And I was like, well, I actually peel grapes because I cannot cope with the texture of them. And I literally brought an apple peeler to work for three years because I couldn't eat the skin on an apple. There were so many foods that I just couldn't try. And now, like, I wouldn't even call myself, I think, a fussy eater anymore. I have some foods that I will, I still don't like. Like, I don't like cheese. I don't like eggs. So I was so worried when I came because everyone's always like, eggs are good for protein. And I was like, what if they put me on eggs? I can't even touch them. But you just have to try them. It's crazy how much your taste will change with age so as well. Because I had the taste buds of a toddler. Like it was actually ridiculous. I was like chicken nuggets and chips and that was it. And now I feel like when you step away from... Like to go feel bad food or forcing yourself to eat veg and all your body ends up nearly craving it. When you tell yourself you don't have to eat, like you don't have to eat it, but your body's like, oh no, I want it. Like literally, I couldn't imagine now eating a burger away with all the lettuce. Like, like it wouldn't be the same. Like or having like not having fruit with me breakfast. Like I have fruit with me breakfast every single morning. Where before I used to force myself to have it because that was on plan. You have to have your fruit and veg in your plate, and all. And when you step away from making yourself do something, your body like nearly wants it. Like it's crazy. Like you talk about the off plan, on plan thing quite a lot. Yeah, because um, I was, I was so bad for it. I couldn't be half and half. I couldn't just go out for a meal. I had to blow off the holiday because why not? Why not? You're already off plan. You're already over your sins. You might as well just go crazy. And what what have you done or what, like to say, you've obviously had a few more drinks this week. And I think a lot of people, because things open back up now, I know yeah. myself, I've noticed with my clients the next two mm-hmm. or three weeks, it's going to be, kind of be like feast or famine mode because I haven't yeah. necessarily had the social occasions and stuff. So a lot of my mm-hmm. clients have been put up to maintenance calories. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Dallas has done that with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you kind of said to yourself, and giving yourself permission mm-hmm. right, on those occasions kind of saying no I'm actually going to have and be present with these people that I haven't seen in a while mm-hmm. how have you brought that to your own life because I know that's the one thing that a lot of people are going to struggle with mm-hmm. there's just there's no need to be like one meal isn't going to make a whopper difference like and like we haven't we've all been indoors for how long even though a lot of people didn't even go out at Christmas for meals and stuff so we haven't been out in months and months and months now so why restrict yourself when you're out? Like, now I'm not saying 
go crazy for the day. But if you can go out, have a great breakfast before you go out, not starve yourself for the day beforehand. Or if you're going out for dinner, still have your bit of lunch, you know, and then go out for your meal. You'll enjoy it so much more. Like, where if you were spending the day going, fuck's sake, I have to starve now because I'm going out for a meal or I can't have anything when I come home. Like, if I go out for a meal now, I still have chocolate when I come home. Because if I tell myself I can't have the chocolate, I go crazy when I come home. They've already told myself, like, oh, sure, you're over your calories, you might as well go mad. Or if I have in my head already, like, oh, you can have a bar of chocolate when you go home, I'll just go enjoy that. Like, it's like, you can't just. It's chocolate your thing. Everything was my thing. Chocolate takeaways and then biscuits because I live with my nanny, so I'm in a constant supply of biscuits. What nanny doesn't have a mountain biscuits in the press? Like, how important has been the environment for you? Like, coming from kind of you kind of mentioned about kind of being a little bit bigger as a child and bigger as a mm-hmm. teenager. How important has the environment been, or have as a support network been there for you, or has there been bite back or whatever it may be? So my family have been like dying for years i say my nanny was one of the original weight watchers members in ireland back in the day um and like i said this is alice before one of my earliest memories was going to weight watchers with my ma and loving it because on the way home from weight watchers you got a takeaway so like i've been around the diet and industry my entire life and like my brother's dad was like a bodybuilder and all, so I've been around all that and all. And it's still, it doesn't surprise me that I have issues of feelings and I've been around that my entire life. Um, so like when I did start losing weight, my ma had already done some worlds and she had lost a lot of weight on some worlds. So I was like, this works. Like I was like, obviously like loads of people lost weight on it. So they were supportive, but it's just, it's a different kind of journey now because even though like I'm still dying, even though I'm still trying to lose weight, people still be like to me all the time. They're like, oh, can you eat that in your plan and all? Like, you, can you eat takeaways and all? Like, are you, you off that now because you're having a glass of wine? Like, and all, like, I'm like trying to explain to me nanny about the gym and stuff because she wouldn't understand exercising and stuff. Because back in the day, all them clubs and all, the only exercise they really recommend is walking or cardio and things like that and all. So trying to explain to her, like, no, like, three days a week is fine. Like, and she's like, no, you're overdoing it, you're overdoing it. But they are still supportive. But I feel like because I've stepped away from on plan, off plan, go to a bad food now, people find that harder to understand. Then if I said to someone, oh, I'm counting my calories now, people get that. People know about my fitness probably years and years and years. But the fact now that I've stepped away from all that, and like feeling guilty and stuff, I feel like people find that harder to understand and support than anything else. Like, yeah, they push their own insecurities around food onto yourself. And how do you deal with like the comments of like, oh, "Are you sure you can have that on your diet? Are you sure you can have that? You're having the takeaway, so it means you're off the diet or whatever." It's, yeah. How do you cope with those kind of comments? Because that's not easy. No, I just I try to explain to people being like, "It's a takeaway. It's one takeaway. We're having fun. We don't need to feel guilty." it's fine, it's only one meal, or that, one sec, sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> How do you feel about when people are making comments about like, are you on plan or off plan? 
you just kind of have to explain to them being like there is no off plan or on plan anymore this is just my life like because I feel like when you try eat well like I bring my lunch every day into work and all people are like you're so on it you're so on plan and all I'm like they're not on plan this is how I eat because I can never go back to how I did eat so this is my new life like it's not on plan this is just how I eat this is how I like to eat this is how my body feels well when I eat this way it's not I'm not eating this way because I'm on plan I'm eating this way just because I how I eat and it's what my body wants like I like the I like the idea of like well this is how I eat now I know when we're like when you're kids and stuff you're sent in with a packed lunch and for mm-hmm. your, into school and stuff so it's nothing too dissimilar to what was done but as a kid we just lose sight of it a little bit um and dealing with peer pressure they're putting people are putting their own insecurities on on, yeah. on top of that um in relation to the moments that you've particularly if you've overeaten and stuff like that mm-hmm. what tools have been have you used or what tools do you use or what are your go-to tools for yourself or what's been taught to you by dallas my journal oh my god the journal is like the best thing ever and like i had tried journaling before and i didn't like it i was like this is boring like how do people like what use is this like now i literally have like a journal for my locker and everything so like if i feel overwhelmed i just write it down because that's when i will kind of overeat a lot if i'm overwhelmed if i stress if i have too much on and then i use food as the comfort or the coping mechanism but now if you write out what's in your head even just scribble it down or make lists and stuff you just feel so much better then or like I meditate a lot as well like when one of the days I only got my roster like two days in advance and I was like how am I supposed to plan the week how am I supposed to get prepped and stuff like that and I was like right you need to do a meal plan now you need to get yourself sorted now and I was panicked and then my heart rate was up and I was losing my mind and I was like wait a second I was like, I need to calm down before I do this. And I stuck on meditation on my telly for a few minutes beforehand. I just got myself in the right frame of mind to be able to get through it. Because if you use foods like to like get through your problems, the problems at the end of the day are still there. I've kind of realized that. Like I don't mind using food as comfort every once in a while. Because it can be comfort. Like it's not just. I was kind of for a while, I was like, oh, feel this feel, feel this feel. But I'm like, no, that has helped me realize that it is more than just feel. Like it's happiness, it's comfort. And it is okay to use feel as comfort every once in a while. But it was my only coping mechanism for a very, very long time. So now I have things like my journal, like meditating, like going out for a walk. It's something as simple as that, just getting out of the house if you really like that. It just, it makes life so much easier. It's um, it's a true reflection of where you're at. The fact that yeah. you're doing the journaling and the meditation—it's not for everyone. That's not every client of ours uses that. But I know people that use it more often than not are the ones that really see the difference in their headspace towards where they actually want to go. And yeah. I know Dallas does it himself. I've used it myself. And I know we we've given you guys a new planner as of last week into the group. Yeah. Um. And I think it's important for someone to find out whatever it may be, like you brought up walking and it's important, mm-hmm. but it could be like a low impact exercise rather than trying to find an escape from food into yeah. high impact training, trying to run yeah. or, or else trying to run away the problems either. That's where there's, they're kind of the, 
the kind of all or nothing approach could be. That's where the kind of the black and white thinking could be in that, right? If I can't use food as a comfort, then I'm going to use exercise as a comfort. Where yeah. you decide to use, no, I can still have the, the increase in food if I need it or if I want it. Yeah. But the majority of the time, and you're taking away the control from the food, you're saying, no, the majority of the time I'm going to do my best and I'm going to say, right, I'm going to have a little bit more food the odd time. Yeah. But you know now you have the tools of, right, I'm going to press reset. I know why that was. And potentially... Yeah you recognize the stress triggers. And I know something that you've worked on massively with Dallas mm-hmm. is working around that. And that's doing the breathing. That's doing a bit of walking. That's talking to people. That's talking to friends or whatever it may be. Yeah. How did you find the, the approach from going from a slimmer club to going for yourself for the first couple of lockdowns, mm-hmm. then joining team SWF um, and working with Dallas? SWF was the best thing that I ever did I I like when I joined the gym I loved it but I didn't know what I was doing yeah I didn't have a clue but I still loved it so it was great like um and then like the calorie counting I was doing it myself I obviously gained the weight after the first lockdown with Jesus who didn't gain weight in the first lockdown it was hard like um and I was counting to myself and I was like, this isn't really working. Like, I've looked up all these things. I'm still not losing weight properly. I was losing around two pounds a month, which is, like, it's fine. But I knew I could do a lot better, like, and I always listen to, like, podcasts and stuff when I'm getting ready and stuff. I remember the night I found you on a Brian Keenan fitness podcast. I was getting ready for a Christmas night out. And you were talking about like female fat loss and all. And I was like, this fella sounds like a bit of me. And then you said you were from South Dublin and I'm from South Dublin. So it was like, oh my God. I was like, I have to, I have to look into this. And I, uh, I looked you up online. You were so nice. Like you write back and I want people to follow you and all. And you were like, thanks for following me and all. And I was like, this is really, really nice. And then I put in, you put up that you were looking for new clients. I put my name forward. This was in December. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, I can't join in December. I was like, I'm going to have to push this forward because my job is so busy. My gym actually shut down in the second lockdown and I had to join a new gym in December. And I know my job is so busy that I couldn't give up my all if I did join you. Because I made a promise to myself that I was going to invest in myself this year. And that was going to be a trainer. Like, And I thought it'd be like an in-person trainer. I didn't even hear of online training before. I thought PTs were just all in person. Like... So I was like, no, you're going to put the money forward. You're going to, because obviously it's more expensive than really nine euro week in Zim World or my fitness pal is free. But I was like, it's worth the investment. I know of this. And uh, I, even like when, then we went into the tour lockdown and the temptation was there to be like, oh no, I just won't join because what use can I do at home? Like how could the work at home work out it'll be the same as the gym or things like that and all. Um but I was like no bite bullet and go for it and it was the best thing I ever did. The best thing I ever did was join your program because it's changed my life. Even like I feel like this last I think I've lost like a stone and a half since working with Dallas. Yeah. And that last stone has like changed my body completely. Every single workout I'm like this is sculpting my body. He knows what he is doing. <laughs> And it just changed my body, uh, my mind completely. I feel like I'm a new person this year. I would have always said to him, I'm a very negative person. 
I'd be a very negative person. I moan and I bitch constantly. And that's all I did in work was moan and bitch when I was in there and all. And even now when I'm in and all, I'm like, now like we have to try to be positive. Like I try to come out of work every day with something positive. I try to just be a better person. Like he's just changed my mind on so many things. Not even just with food, but with life in general. Like I feel like I'm just such a better person since like working with you. Like having healthy habits that are outside healthy eating. Because I thought that was the only thing. I thought a healthy habit meant three healthy meals a day. But healthy habits are like not getting like 10,000 steps on a walk and sitting down your arse for the rest. Yeah, I think. Like, like it's being constantly active. It's listening to your body and what your body really wants. And like even things like having like a nighttime routine. I'm like, I find that hard now because there's times I'm in work till nine or ten at night. But it's coming home then and not staying up for the night and going crazy. It's like going home, knocking the blue light off my phone on the Lewis, and joining them when I come in. Like I try to relax when I come in. Because even though I'm in work so late and all, there's no point in me coming home and watching a couple of films and I'll run back up the next day and all. So it's still fitting in those healthy habits where I can, even though they're hard. They are hard. And I think what you've said to yourself is you may not do them every time but you try yeah. to do them as majority of the time as you can and that's what you do you're doing on average yeah taking the average of what your actions are and that's going to build up and build up and build up mm-hmm. and i think i can de- when you were talking about certain stuff there i was like you've definitely been dallast uh <laughs> it's a term now i'm gonna cry i'm gonna coin the term yeah i can i can hear exactly <laughs> what he would say to you in certain situations as well mm-hmm. um but like i think you've also wanted to change and yeah. change for a lot of people they find quite hard and I always kind of say like change is just uncomfortable because mm-hmm. maths are hard change is uncomfortable and yeah. it's a credit to yourself that you've I think you're down what five and a half stone yeah. uh, 77 pounds I think is mm-hmm. quick maths in my head um so like and I'm not here to kind of like praise weight loss or discredit weight loss or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it's more of the journey and the outlook that you have. And that's what we want to try and get you on the podcast today was for is to, is to praise the outlook rather than what it actually says in the scale. Because even the photo that we have uh, that we're using for the for the episode and stuff mm-hmm. is, it's just two different people physically and yeah. mentally. Yeah. And the mental is the best part. Like if I, if I say it this way for the rest of my life, I would still be fine if my mental state was the same as it is now. Because it's just there's so much more to weight loss than the scales. And stepping away from that has been amazing. Like being able to just, I just feel so much better in myself. Like the exhaustion is gone. The Even just being able to like lift your shop and walk up a flight of stairs. Like it's the little things like that, like that you'd never really hear of in the similar clubs like it's always just the scales like there's no discussion of like figuring out your body you know things like that like like your cycle and all the amount i've learned from my cycle from you and dallas it's like actually crazy that girls don't know this they're more from two men on the internet than i have in my entire school and like about periods like it's yeah. atrocious yeah we get that a lot but um, it's crazy 
Yeah, but I think it's because, like, in Ireland in particular, like, we've only got, what, the Catholic Church is kind of, like, only subsided a little bit in the last, like, 20 yeah. or 30 years. So it's kind of like condoms and stuff where taboo and cycles and stuff were like taboo so it's kind of like i can understand that it's a little slower in ireland it's improving there's a long way to go and uh das and i and jane will still continue to try and get the voice out there for for that side of stuff and like we'll never understand from a psychological point of view that's the one thing we have to say jane will um but we can only understand it from a research point of view and we can try our, our best to try and verbalize it to you guys uh but you've also like you you've taken the you've taken the information on board and and used it for yourself and know when to push know when to ease off the gas know what you what foods you want to know when your mood may drop and all that kind of stuff that's a credit to yourself for taking that on board i think the biggest thing that is you've you've wanted to change you've you've taken the the control of the change you're not beating yourself up if a day doesn't go right you're not beating yourself up if the meal doesn't go right you're not beating yourself up in general you're kind of saying no well what can i do today what can i do to win the next day what can i do to win the next meal um that's what i tell myself now you always say that win the next meal and i'm like okay like last night i was out for a chinese i had two bottles of wine and i just woke up this morning and had my normal breakfast there was no point of skipping breakfast because i was out for a meal last night there's no point in me saying i'm going to do twenty thousand steps today to make up for it. i had such a good time last night with my friends and i'm not feeling guilty for it. and it feels uh, amazing to be able to say that and that's a credit, and that's as I said, that's a credit because like restriction hasn't worked for anyone the next day, whatever it is, after a night out. Um, mm-hmm. it's just about kind of just resetting as soon as you can. I know it sounds so simple for for me to sit here and say it, but I've I've had that situation as well. I think Dallas has, Jane has, and stuff, so we've all been there. It's not like we're just saying that from an ivory tower or anything. Uh, so then I cannot thank you enough for coming on and just talking about your journey, coming from slimming clubs, moving away from sins moving away from guilt, fuss eating on plan, off plan, the scales, there's so much information, so many little uh, hidden gems. But I cannot thank you enough for, for being so honest and being so open. I know you're a little bit nervous at the very beginning, which I'm going yeah. to leave you in at the beginning, by the way. <laughs> Proper random, like. <laughs> it's all good, though. That's what the, the tangents are where the, where the gold is, and that's where the truth comes out. So mm-hmm. um, fair play to you for being so open. It's not easy coming on to... Uh, podcast um, and as a massive credit to yourself and to Dallas and stuff for uh, for doing what you're doing and working with yourself and working on yourself so where can people find out about your Instagram page because I know you document a good bit stuff on your Instagram page it's what S-J-E perfect it's so, <laughs> it's very simple but it's effective so guys if you've enjoyed the episode or please do tag sarah jane and i up on your story i'm gonna put in dallas in there as well if you're interested in coaching with us click the link in the bio uh the 27th of june is when the group coaching is going live so if you're interested in that there's limited space on that if you want to work one-to-one with dallas myself or jane pop us a message, pop us a DM, or else even pop Sarah Jane a message and see what she has to say on things as well. Um, And Sarah Jane, thank you so much for coming on. No problem at all.